Welcome back to Kettlebells and Cocktails. I'm your host, John, back with my bestie, Nikki. Nikki, how are you? I'm good. I'm tired today, but I'm good. Yeah? yeah. Tired from life, tired from the gym, tired from yeah. what? Life, gym, all the things. Just feel it feels like a Wednesday. Mm. <laughs> it was the Mondayest of all Wednesdays for yeah. me today. Yeah, I get that. I'm feeling a little tired too. I uh, was at the gym today and it was snatching and it made me think of our guest Fee who used to coach me around snatches and, oh, and Fee, I'm proud to report that I am no better today than I was three or four years ago. So you're welcome. Consistency is key with John. <laughs> Actually, I, li- I was lifting, I, I lifted oh heavy God. for me. And it went up pretty easily. And I thought to myself, this is probably Fee's warm up weight. Like mm. probably. Oh yeah. You know. Oh yeah. Fee Fee uh lifts very, very heavy nowadays. No, Fee's getting better at lifting so far. We've been working on it this season. So that's I'm flattered. Thank you, John. Thank you for considering that weight heavy. And my youngest daughter says hello, by the way. I was talking to her tonight and I'm like, hey, I'm talking to Fee tonight. She's like, oh, I love Fee. And I'm like, I know. Oh my God, she still remembers me. I haven't seen her in, I mean, I haven't seen you at the gym and gosh knows how long, what, over five years? Yeah, well, Megan's in college now. Isn't that Mm -hmm. Oh my God. See, I'm at the point right now where all the teenagers or all the kids that used to be teenagers are now like they're going to you know they're getting their first boyfriends and girlfriends they're going to college they're graduating college they're ready to go on to and i'm just like oh my god am i that old i'm 28 and i'm like already like feeling like the big sister that's like sad to see their like young siblings grow up it's crazy it's wild but it also makes me feel old oh yeah (laughs) it's really old i get it Nikki, I had this running joke for a while with some of my friends. I don't even think I've ever told this to Fee, but I had this joke with my friends that uh, when I started CrossFit, um, my first coach ended up going to the games at some point and finished like second in the master's division. And then Scott Panchek comes around. He wasn't really my coach, but, you know, he went to the games. And then we got a, and then we got another coach who was on a team at the games. And so, like, every coach I had 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 been to the games. And I go out to mentality – and like it's almost as soon as I got out there, Saxon made the games. And uh and then all of a sudden Fee made the games. I'm like, I think I'm a lucky charm. <laughs> I'm pretty it's sure everyone that coaches me goes to the games. It's just me. Wow. Must be that game. You know? John has good games energy. Like we just manifest and we feed into it. And we just fall. John, John all of a sudden starts selling his own training program and it's like <laughs> Like, am I gonna go to like HWTO or like make what's great again? I don't really know. Okay, really I'm taking athletes right now. <laughs> Room on my roster for like three or four more people. Okay. Well, what here's what Not I think happens. They all get so frustrated with my mediocrity that they train harder themselves and it propels them to the games. That's what that happens. must be it. That That's must absolutely be absolutely what happens. And this is why you're at the games every year, too. You yeah. gotta go. Support your athletes and your coaches. Coach, yeah, you're coaching. You need a coach's coaching. You're coaching outside of off the sidelines. It's like subliminal coaching. <laughs> right. That's what it is. They they don't even know. It's like I I'm like it. the Mr. Miyagi of CrossFit. You're just sending them like brain power. Yeah. That's pretty much exactly <laughs> no, what I'm doing. I want to be sending everyone brain power on like totally messing everything up so that he can get the most <laughs> memeable photos of all time. That's what John would act, the vibes he would actually be putting out. Uh, <laughs> if it were only so that easy. You're saying that John was the culprit of the first event. 
you just messed everyone up on the count of laps. Apparently. I got to be. So the, the, here's the real funny thing. I didn't watch the first event. I got busy with something and uh, I watched the women. Right. Cause you and, weren't out yet. Like you were still like, you hadn't traveled yet to games, no, no, right? No, I was there. I just, cool. I was busy. Like I watched the women compete. And then uh, I, when I was doing something, I was talking to somebody and I missed the entire men's event. And I'm, and so I run into some kids that I knew that had gone to this um, kids camp um, CrossFit competition a couple of years ago. And so I knew a bunch of these young kids and they're like 17, 16, 17 years old. And I run into them. I'm like, Hey, who won the men's event? And, you know, they told me and they're like, well, I'm like, what else happened? And they're like, Oh, one of the Panchek kids like totally missed a lane. And I nearly had a heart attack. And I'm like, Oh, oh my, my God, God, which one? <laughs> and they're like, we think it was Saxon. And I'm like, that doesn't sound like Saxon. <laughs> like, He's too big a veteran. So I had to like go scurry and find out what happened on the first event. Like it was just a nightmare for me. I didn't like it. No. You were into like total like, that's my friend. No, you didn't. I know. I was. I was, you know, I did not miscount. Well, you know, and like, it's just, you know, and these kids are like, we couldn't tell if he intentionally did it. I'm like, look, I haven't seen it, but I can tell you no. without a shadow of a doubt, there's not a pan check on the planet that would intentionally take a lap off. Like nothing. No. Like, those guys no. are hardcore. So I had to go scurry and like watch the replay to see what had happened. It was, uh, it was not fun. Live but, competition. I, Anything could happen. Know. Yeah. Anything yeah. could happen. I still miss count, counting to five all the time. Oh yeah. Thank God for chips. Uh, <laughs> Truly. Poker chips, thank God. Um, I used them today. I, that's one of my favorite things to do is just chuck a poker chip across the room. Check. It's great. It happens. People need to have a little bit more grace. Literally, it's like, okay, you're blaming athletes for not being able to, you know, keep track, but can you count to three? Oh, yeah. So. Well, do you guys remember back in the day, like a million years ago, when we were crossfitting, when you would take a stick of chalk and you would write everything out on the <laughs> stall mats on the floor? Mm-hmm. Yes. I like on the uh, literally on any I've seen I've walked into a gym where the entire gym and this is kind of one of the most relaxed gyms I've ever walked into and also such an incredible gym but just like on the floor there's chalk marks on the wall like it would like write their round and it like doesn't get washed off until the end of the week yeah. and I kind of like it it's kind of I cool. remember I don't know what changed something changed along the lines where as an entire community we were just like oh Let's stop doing this. This is a pain in the ass to clean up, but I do remember taking chalk and people would like rewrite. If we had a big gym back in the day, and um, people would like rewrite the workout. Like if they couldn't see it on, on the, the board, floor. they couldn't remember the rep scheme, they would rewrite it on oh, the yeah. floor right next to yep. them. I don't know what happened, but somewhere along the way, we all just stopped doing that. Well, we were like, well, this is dumb. The pandemic stopped a lot. You're like, of I'm that. just going to keep going until the clock stops. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was before the pandemic mm. where people switched to mini whiteboards and like people became like mm. far more efficient. Well, the um, mini whiteboards help. Like, yeah. you know, our yeah. gym doesn't even keep chalk in the gym. So I have to bring my own. And today I'm snatching. And by the time I'm done, it it looks like I've like murdered a mime or something. There's just like, <laughs> there's just chalk. Yeah. everywhere coach actually walked over he's like what are you doing over here i'm like making a mess what what's it look like i'm doing like come on I think some people have a chalk that is like just like powder like it is just like this dusty powder yeah. and they bring it in like tupperware almost just like a bowl of chalk yeah. and so they take chalk and they're like sprinkling it on there yes, <laughs> like let me. me give you a block <laughs> no that's true. 
I do think the pandemic stops community chalk, which is a bummer because I feel like once, if you forget it, you're totally screwed. And, um, I did like community chalk buckets, but now that I think about like how gross it was that we all shared chalk yes. and like bloody hands in the buckets, I'm like, oh, like I don't do that anymore. <laughs> but um, yeah, we always have like our gym owner has like big blocks of chalk in giant Ziploc bags. Like if you forget yours for the day, you can just buy a new one for a dollar or two. Um, oh, Matt really has kind. his own chalk bucket, like his own like you ten. Know. Yeah, you know like, if you're really into mm-hmm. it, if you have your own like bucket, we'll have some yeah. people bring like those big like Home Depot or like Lowe's. Yeah, has his own, brings it to and from the gym and notoriously leaves it at the gym actually. Um, Oh my God, love that. Whatever it takes. Well, you've been busy. You've had so much going on that we have got to talk to you about. Most excitingly, you got engaged. I I got engaged. Well, I still like, I'm still riding that high. Got engaged August 19th to the best man in the world, Alex Ferrara. We've been together for five years. Oh. And he's stuck with me through this entire, like these, the craziest five years I feel like I've experienced in the sport. Like every year has just been like something new and different and exciting and change. And he's been, he, we started dating back. I was, this was my first team regionals. So back in 2017, when it was like, Three females, three males. Yep. And this is back when team mentality made it to uh, Nashville uh, yeah. regionals. And we were there and that was, and he came to support and we had like just been dating for a couple months and um, he came, he drove all the way there, stayed for the weekend, supported me ever since. And I'm like, mm, he's the one. He's, That's he's, it, right? Hang on, that one. One. hang on to that one for a minute. Did yes. he know CrossFit? Yes. Was he a CrossFitter? Yes, he's very involved. I mean, he's involved in it. He's a um, he's a CPA actually, but he coaches just because he loves it. He coaches in the afternoons, and he used to live in Canton, Ohio. So back when he was over there working, he would coach at his affiliate, Midnight City CrossFit. Moved up here back to Cleveland. He's original. We're both from Cleveland here, and uh, is now coaching at CrossFit Mentality. So we get to share that same same love, same home. I love that. I I oftentimes find that if if you guys don't make time for the gym together, then it becomes really hard to continue going yes. as a couple. And then someday as you become a family, like if it's not the kind of thing that you do together, it it's just hard to carve out time yeah. to see each other and think, the thing that you love. Exactly. Like everyone has to find the thing that obviously they connect over. And for obviously my life is at the gym. Um, and he completely understands that and is so patient with it. I'm training in a different way and he's there, you know, in class and getting his hour a day cool. and he gets it when I completely go MIA for four or five, six, sometimes. we've gone an entire day without talking to each other mm-hmm. just cause I'm so disconnected from the world sometimes depending on the season. But I love him. I'm so lucky. We actually set a wedding date, you guys. Tell us everything. So we so we were supposed to, we decided when we got engaged, we we're like, you know, maybe in a year and a half, two yeah. years. And we we're like, okay, yeah, we're gonna, you know, take our time, enjoy this phase of life where you know, lots of change happening. And then I go over to my best friend's house. Uh John, you remember Chad? Oh yeah. yeah. From Code Cairo, Chad and Mary chiropractors but besties at the same time um I go over and I literally like walk over to their back porch and they're all doing their you know football draft 
And Al's like, hey, um, do you want to get married next year? Like, I already made a wedding list. Here it is. And I was like, oh, yes. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. So, so, so you set a date. Did you pick a location? Did you like, what is what is involved in picking, setting so up a wedding? My, so we have, we've always talked about a destination wedding. And something that's really special to me is my family, like hands down, um, to be able to celebrate, you know, one of the biggest events of your life with your family. And my family's from Mexico. And last Mm. year we went to Cancun. We went to Moon Palace Resorts, which I highly recommend anyone that's looking for like the most beautiful vacation, Cancun, Mexico, and Moon Palace. We fell in love and we're like, we want our wedding here. Like this is it. This is whenever it's going to happen. I didn't realize it'd be so soon, but, um, so we're going to have it in Mexico. And so it's like a vacation for everyone. And it's just the most beautiful place I've been to. And, um, but also easy for my family to visit. And that's so special to me because my sister, my younger sister, she's getting married next month and half of my family can't go because Um, traveling out of the country is so hard for them. Yeah. Yeah. So Awesome. Well, we need to make uh-huh. it. We'll be there. Sounds great. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> Can't wait. Can't wait. Actually, it's after the game. So we everything we plan, and I'm sure when you talk to every other athlete, like everything that's planned during the year is actually planned around this. Like the season is the most important part of your year, which is such a dragged out long, long season, right? Yeah. And so everything's like planned around like after the games, but before school and like considering the off season. So it's like, we want to have the wedding, but if I want to do an off season competition, I have time to train and prepare. And tra- so, so I think when, we got it. when did you land on like what, what month is even fits all those things? Yeah. Um, so it's the week after the game. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Amazing. Wow. So you'll be in yeah. the thick of, okay. So, okay. In the thick of it, so, yeah. so uh, let me just tell you that things get a little hectic right at the very end of your wedding planning. So, um, next year when you're competing, if you need help, like emailing your vendors or whatever, you just let me know. I got your back. I'll I'll hook you up. I will, I will be reaching out to all my resources. I, there's like this running joke right now where there's like, okay, um, we're having a wedding, but V's not going to plan it because she's going to forget about it. So we have to go. Exactly. Will you have a bridal party will you have bridesmaids or anyone that yes sisters it'll be small you can kind of like lean into to be like hey i'm like offloading yes. these duties to you oh i have like literally like a team of my family and people that are just like we got it we, you just keep doing your job <laughs> but honestly that's what it takes unfortunately like we were just talking to paul tremblay last night about how oh, like you just like, you are unfortunately, fortunately, but also unfortunately in a sense, like in a profession where it does take just all day, every day, dedication, physical, mental, like all your brain power has to go to yes. this career that you have and to this goal of making it to the games and um, planning a wedding is a full-time job. So I'm glad you have help. Yes. Lots of it. I know I was um even like with little things, I still have to be reminded of just right now, like Al's messaging me like, Hey, did you schedule this? Did you get in contact with this? Did you update the emails? And I'm just like, shoot, no, 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 I haven't on it, (laughs) but I'm going to, it's on the to-do list. (laughs) How did he, how did he do it? I saw some pictures are so beautiful. 
Yes. So I guess long story short, um, we went to Chautauqua in New York and that's a very special place with his family. And every year we always go just as a big family, enjoy a nice lake weekend. Just no matter what the weather is, we always have the best time, even if it's cloudy, rainy, sunny, like we just always make the best of it. And it was one of those weekends where as a family, we were having dinner and that night they were like, see, you got to dress nice because we're going to take family pictures after. And the place that we went to dinner is more like wings, burgers, beers, like uh-huh. inst- like instantly my thought is like t-shirt, tank top, like, okay. you know, got it, got it. Um, but they said family pictures after. So they oh, had so plans. everyone's been on it. Everyone, oh, everyone was uh-huh. in on it for a very long time for about six months, I guess. <laughs> and um, after dinner, we're heading back to the house. We ended up driving in separate cars and I didn't think anything of it. Um, it just like worked out. And I get there and they're like, Fee, oh my God, you're taking so long to like get ready, like whatever. So I'm just like rushing outside. I'm walking down the porch steps and I turn and like the first, I don't even see Al down at the dock. I first see my mom. Like I literally just see like my mom and my sister and I'm like, you guys are here for family photo. I'm like, I guess like, I was like, you guys drove a long way to take family photos. Like in my mind, that's what I was telling myself. And then I pan over and then I just see Al at the end of the dock, literally like roses all down the dock. He made me walk far, like 200 feet far. (laughs) And I'm like crying in tears. Like, I can't, like, I can't believe it. Like this is, he pulled it off so well. And I didn't Mm. see it coming at all. Like not even a thought in my mind. So, and the music, and there's a song that's, you know, very special to us and it was playing and he got down on one knee and proposed. And I think I like blacked out during the most beautiful, you know, engagement uh, words you could ever say. And the first reaction he put, one of my biggest fears of ever getting engaged was like him putting the ring on my finger and it being like stuck because I have very chunky fingers. And the first, my first reaction, I was like, oh my God, it fits. And I'm just like, yeah. And that was it. <laughs> oh my God, my heart. I oh. like that you're like in this beautiful moment and you're like, oh my God, my chunky ass fingers. What do I, I know? Feel? I'm looking at it go like on my finger. And I'm like, oh my God, please fit. Please. Like imagine taking pictures with like the ring literally like on <laughs> half a finger. If you're on your like that. Up, it'd be the best. <laughs> I love that. Oh, I so thought you were going to say that your biggest fear was that he was going to drop it in a lake. That's a big fear. <laughs> I just watched a video sweet. on that. That's, well, Matt proposed to me like in the ocean. And when he oh gave God. me the ring, he took it and pressed it like into the palm of my hand so that I could just grab it because putting it on my finger like in that moment was too risky because we were standing in the ocean. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, it was, you were, wow. That yeah. is risky. Yeah. I would be nervous. Like I'd be shaking just yeah. doing it. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Here, here's like here, palm close. The yeah, finger. it was like here you go. That's it's yours, scary. and I was like, it's mine forever. I love it. He goes, you can put it on yourself. Basically, yeah. Um, that's awesome. That's great. I feel like a lot of life has happened. So that happened. That happened. And now- we are moving. Yeah. Right. We are Florida, right? Completely changing. We are packing up our stuff and we're moving to Naples, Florida. Oh. Never a thought in my mind would I even think that. That just about a year ago, I was even talking to friends and being like, oh my gosh, I would never leave Cleveland. Like Cleveland's my home. This is, you know, my heart is here. My family's here. Like 
you know, I'll be able to continue doing what I love here and things changed and all for good. And I got the opportunity to go down with my coaches at Brute Strength. So Matt Torres, um, I'm coached by him and Dom as well. And um, down there, he, they pretty much were able to get almost the entire like Brute squad that we all know and love. So I'm just the last one to make it down. So that's a big deal. That's going to change a lot about I'm so how you train excited. and how you prepare and man, everything. What, what are you hoping are the biggest impacts of that for you? Cause you've been, you've been doing this a long time. Like you're quite experienced. Like what is this change of environment really going to do for you? Well, I've always, I've always thrived off of like a really healthy, consistent and constant training environment. That's why training with Scott was literally one of the, the best experiences of my athletic career it doesn't even come from competing or all the highs even it just comes from having been with Scott and being mentored and you know him becoming one of my best friends and learning from him and because it just made training so fun and enjoyable and I learned the most I've ever learned um, more with him than I could ever by myself and that's truly been like just a highlight of my entire CrossFit career these last years and in a training environment I'm always, I'm just learning so much more than I ever could just me and my tripod, which has been just about what this entire year has been about. Um, and I've gone down to Naples a couple of times already. Um, last year I was at Wadapalooza last year as an individual, I went down a week prior. So I made sure to get still a good training weekend without, you know, the chaos of traveling just before. And I even made like for myself, I made such great progress just within a short time. And so Every time I've gone to Naples, just being focused um, and not having other obligations and not training alone, which was always really hard. I've always made incredible progress just being hands on with my coaches and training partners. Um, and they're also incredible. So I think the progress continues and everything has been, you know, trajecting in the right direction. But I think it's going to skyrocket this year. And I'm so excited. I'm, I'm struggling to wrap my mind around how anyone's going to be able to handle the energy of you and Sprague in the same room. Fact. <laughs> Fact. But the, the thing is though, like we have high energy, but it's different. Like oh, we can't very even, different. Like, yeah. It's just different. And like, I'm very, we're both very bubbly and positive and we love to chit chat. And, but it's, it's, I don't even know how to explain Like James will, chat with you in the middle of a workout like he could be like so in the yeah. pink you know what i mean like yeah, and he, i kind of like get quiet and i'm just like to myself he has until like a we... panic energy about him almost totally. and i mean that with in the total most respect because uh, i love that kid like love <laughs> he's the best. I, he's the best. but he has like i could see him in the middle of fran going hey what are you doing this weekend what's going on yeah. like you know just chatting with you where yeah. you're, you're far more focused particularly when you're working out <laughs> Yes. Like when I'm starting to get into the, like, you know, the zone, I'm getting ready for where I start to get really quiet and I start to get just really focused. And I just need to focus on the thing that I need to do in this next training piece or whatever it is. And, um, I don't, and then, and then I lighten up then, you know, training's done, the job's done. We continue on, we support each other and everything. But, um, I mean, Scott, every now and then he would also like give it to me. Like I'll, we'd be squatting heavy and I'd just be like, chatting up and he'd be like, I'm about to PR my back squat. I can't be talking about 
babies right now. (laughs) I am guilty of that sometimes. Oh my God. I love it. That's going to be huge for you. It's going to be, and honestly, like I, I understand where you're coming from about like how tough it is to leave when you've been settled and when you feel a connection to a place and especially with your family there. Like I'm also super close with my family. I understand where you're coming from, but realistically like change of environment is good. It's real good. It's like, I've never done it before. That's the thing. Like I've never experienced just in general, not even like talking about, you know, shifting training camps or anything like that. I've never left Cleveland. Actually, I am such a homebody. I've, I mean, I've gone to school here my entire life, everything, like everything I've done everything here at home with my family close. My dad's still a little bit in denial. He, Mm. for some reason, thought I was like moving for six months. He's like, you're just going for six months and you're going to come back. I was like, no, damn, have you been listening to what I've been saying? Like, this is my career. And um, so he's in denial. He'll eventually get over it. But mentality is my home. Like, that is like the place that I, I always saw myself, like, no matter how old I get and where I go and eventually I become a mom and a, you know, professional after CrossFit. Like I always see myself coming back to mentality and that's how special it is. So it is going to be really, really hard to leave. You've well, never left Cleveland. You're going to get down there and be like, why are the streets clean? This is weird. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. No, there's sun all the time, except like 10 times that, a year. That. Um, I'm with you. Like I, we know like we will never leave New England. Like this is our home. Our families are here. Like we're never going anywhere, but I absolutely could get down with perma sunshine. Mm-hmm. Every winter that rolls around and I'm like, why are we here? What are we yeah. <laughs> well, and also it's like not even just the weather, but I think the biggest thing for me too is now there's so much that I could learn from so many other athletes, but also so many other coaches. So brute yeah. strength doesn't just have one coach. Um, there's a good core group of coaches down there. Um, DC's down there, Don Biagostino, um, Matt, obviously, and he even is connected pretty well with some specialty coaches. So when it comes oh. to swimming, when it comes to track workout or track conditioning, and um, so he's actually brought down some of his old coaches down to the track. And I remember after the LCQ, we had the most incredible track session with uh, one of his old coaches, but now is uh, head coach of, I think, Eastern Michigan or oh. somewhere in Michigan. Um, so it's such a great hub of athletes and coaches and opportunities. So, and that's something that I've never truly had. Yeah. And if I need to do anything outside of the gym, I'm always kind of just by myself, hoping that yeah. I'm figuring it out or, you know, I'm taking a video, sending it to Matt and he's great at, you know, texting me back. But at the end of the day, it's a text back, you know, yeah, exactly. Well, so look, that's going to be good. I think you've got the right mentality about it where, you know, you're doing what you need to do for your career and it's an exciting move. And, but you can tell your dad, it's not all, it's not permanent forever, forever. Who knows what the next couple of seasons will bring. And he's going to love visiting you in Florida. He's going to love getting out of Ohio and going. I'm going to convince him. I'm going to give him, I'm going to convince him that this is a good thing as well. His first daughter. So I don't know, John, you could speak on this as a dad no matter what, yeah, yeah. especially oh, yeah. with the first daughters, there yeah, always, you, there's always going to be a soft spot. You, you go wherever your kids are, you know, it wouldn't matter. Yeah. Even Florida, even Dude, Florida. I'm literally at this stage of my life, like pouring all of the money that I have and money that I don't have into remodeling <laughs> my house because I am obsessed with the idea of having like 
the world's greatest house where my son is always going to want to come back to. I am obsessed <laughs> with this idea. I am like terrified. Like I want like team dinners here and I want yes. like Christmas here. And I want like, I want him to like turn 18 and be like, I could never leave my house. It's too great. That's, That's exactly. Watch him be a mama's boy. It's hard. I feel like for mama's boys, it's hard to, you know, be away from their family too. So is he, a, is he a mama's boy? Is he, he just boy? two, literally two weeks ago, he started to be like clingy, like a barnacle to me. And John oh, knows just this. Yeah. Just two weeks ago. John knows this. Like he, he's never really had stranger danger. Like Matt handed mm. him right to you at games, right? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's been the chillest <laughs> baby this entire time, but I think cause he's like teething and developmentally at one they kind of are like oh I don't really now I know that mom can be gone and I don't ever want that so he's been like very very clingy just just started gosh I just see pictures of I saw the wedding picture oh handsome that was your perfect the perfect wedding date bring your baby yeah I would I love it hey Fee when did you switch to brute strength for your coach so yeah. So I switched over to, I actually had a conversation. Um, I got connected to brute strength last year. So last August after the 2021 games, um, funny enough, I actually have the same stats as last year as this year. <laughs> seven, seven seems to be the number and that we're trying to make it not the number. Right. Um, so after having done the LCQ, going through the season, CrossFit games wrapped up, I knew that I needed to make a change. Um, Scott had gone through his season at the games. His, you know, his knee injury was something that obviously, like I had seen him work so, so, so hard at the gym for so long and to see that unfold. Um, So his chapter, you know, unfolded and took a turn. And um, Scott and I weren't training anymore together and, my career was going in a different direction and he had different goals and needed to. So after that, that's when I realized I needed a coach. I needed a program that was geared to strengthening things that I need to strength on. Um, and just something that was specific to me because I had always trained with Scott. So we would always do incredibly hard work. I mean, the work was there. Like we worked hard all the time and Scott always found a way to just do more. And he would let me know like on a Sunday, Oh, this is what I did extra. So, um, but it was very much, I was just training under Scott. It was just, I would do as much as I could. That's whatever Scott was doing. I was just following along and nothing was specific to who I am as an athlete. And it was very clear that Scott Fanjic and Fisa Gaffey are two totally different athletes that, um, Oh, really? Different strength Ooh, than me. So yeah, so last August, and it's been the best change. And it's pro- it's one of the things that I, I recommend truly to anyone that's looking to improve on the competitive side is getting a coach, finding a coach that fits you and aligns with your goals and gets to know you as an athlete because different athletes need different types of program and just following one fitness program is not going to cut it, at least not where the sport's heading. Yeah, yeah, I totally understand. And especially you know, reviewing the stats of the last couple of years and maybe being a little bit frustrated with feeling like you haven't seen the improvement that you know you deserve based off of how hard you've been working. That mm-hmm. kind of a change where where you're suddenly at the center. You're some you're someone's, you know, someone's really paying attention to you and what your needs are. That mm-hmm. I feel like mentally even 
to help you yes. get to the next level. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's the attention that I think, you know, at this level of the sport, you, everyone needs at some point mm. and, um, to do, you can't get, you can't get to the games just doing CrossFit Metcons all the time. Like, right. I think that was like old methodologies. Like I'm just gonna do a bunch of workouts and I'm just going to get really CrossFit fit. Right. But the way the sport is, you could be great at traditional CrossFit methodology, but the sport isn't like that anymore. No, and no. You have to be good at every single silo. Everything. And like a professional gymnast and also like the greatest, strongest weightlifter, also the fastest runner that uh, you've ever yes. seen. Yeah, but like, then you also have to swim really good. Right. Yeah. Right. All of it. Now you have to also be a strong man. There's that too. You got to have it all. So yeah. I'm excited. The training camp down in Florida, I don't know if you guys heard, but it's uh, Dallin, Emma, Danielle yep. Brandon's down there, Olivia oh. Sulik, James Sprague. I'm coming down. Young kid, uh, Nate Ackerman, he did incredible in his teen division. Oh, yeah. Um, That's great. Yep. He is down there. Um, I know I'm missing something. There's a lot of people down there. I'm missing someone in there. Do you guys have like but... dorms? Like, how does it work? <laughs> Matt just like puts us in cabins. Yeah, yeah. literally, literally, that's what I picture. Or like the real world house where it's just like all like sixteen oh of you in god. one house or something. Yes, in like one humongous imagine. Oh my god, I feel like there's there's no good that could come out of that. No, with all no. the with all the different personalities, <laughs> like no. No, we it's actually all have be fun until you all of a sudden are like, bro, because someone like, I don't know, yeah. beat you at the gym by like three pounds in a lift that day. And then you like never want to see them again, but then you like share a bathroom. Yeah. It would be bad. Where it's like, you can't spend all day at the gym and then all day outside of the gym. That's just too much. Too much. You're right. You're right. I think it's it almost back. like, imagine your day and from morning to night, you're just with your siblings every hour of the day. You're like, I need my space now. Yeah, so, it no, we're all living in our you know separate spaces, pretty close to the gym actually. I think we're all like five, ten minutes away from um, our gym that we train out of. So oh. Al and I are living down in an apartment close to our the training camp, um, and everyone's kind of in their own little place, which is good. we want that. Yes, good call, good call. I'm just I'm just trying to imagine what this training camp is going to be like with you and Emma. I mean, we know all these people now, so you and Emma and Danielle and your three personalities are also wildly different. And like, I'm mostly worried about Emma and Danielle in the same room and Emma learning some words she doesn't know yet. You know, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm a little worried about that, but. Emma will grow into a, such an, inc- she's already an incredible young woman, but I think she's going to grow into some uh, life here. Uh, some more life with being around us. <laughs> and every, I think, I think I'm the old, I'm the oldest out of the group. By that the way, is crazy to me because you still feel I'm the like oldest good to me. Thank you. Possible? Thank you. Guys, I'm 28. Four years that. ago was my rookie season. It's been that. It was? It was yes. that when we were in Italy? Yes. That was Italian showdown. Mm-hmm. That was four years ago. That year was Italian showdown. That mm-hmm. was the, um, you could get your bid to the games if you qualify among the top 30 in the open yep. and then, and, or, or, you know, win a sanctional. That was sanctional season. You got 20 chances, season. man. 
That's right. You had to, you could have, you made your bid getting top 10 or 10th place or 15th place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got lucky. I know Rogue, and then Rogue Invitational was that same year. Uh huh. So by the time Rogue Invitational, that was their first year that was in Columbus, I think whoever got the invitation to the games was like, down the leaderboard, you know, they were, mm-hmm. it definitely wasn't in a top five spot because everyone had gotten their bid except maybe one or two girls in there. And that was like one of those where it was like, oh man, yep, I remember what more that. could you ask for? That was perfect. I remember that. That was wild. What a crazy year. Um, wow. That was four years ago. It's hard to believe for me. And then, then this year, your demo team, which is equally impressive. I mean, you've oh, done so much. So oh my God. That was the crazy, like such, like talk about the best email to get after, uh, not after placing seventh in the LCQ once again, um, which was always just like the most, I think I was more frustrated. Like I was frustrated, obviously not qualifying and not earning it, but I was even more frustrated that I got the same place. (laughs) Chloe six and then me just behind. And it was just the same thing. But, um, what a big honor. The biggest honor I could have ever, I never even thought of myself being considered for demo. And it was just such an honor to be chosen, to be trusted, to give, you know, everyone on the CrossFit Games team, the results that they're looking for and the adjustments that they need to make. And that's really how I took it. It was, they look at the demo athletes as one of the best individuals that they could trust and kind of pour these events on. And you know, confide in us to give us the best, fe- give them the, the best feedback. And it was such hard work, but the most incredible experience. And you guys seem like you have the most fun and I know how hard you work. Yeah. Like I, I watch it. I know it. I, 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 from behind the scenes, I can see mm. the live edits happening to the events based off mm. of how hard you guys are working to show Boz and the team that like, no, you guys harder you gotta be that crust your time cap whatever so like i know how hard you work but it's it's wild to me watching how much fun you guys have too it's like a little family the demo team isn't it it is it truly what i mean this is the closest i've ever gotten to anyone that i've never trained with or even knew before i mean some of us knew each other from a distance you know maybe have seen each other through competitions or competed against each other or some of us have heard of each other just by you know watching from afar Um, So we got together and we instantly clicked and there were some crazy changes that happened. I mean, Street Horner was called in last minute. James got a little sick after the first day. He had to sit it out for just a a couple of days. But um, James ended up getting, you know, back to healthy. But then um, it was Griffin Raleigh. It was Chloe Wilson, Allison Scuds, James uh, Street, obviously in there. Mitch Stevenson. Um, and we connect after the first day, we, I mean, we just like, we almost felt like we were, we had known each other for so much longer. And then I think it's because we spent every hour, literally, I kid you not from, we would wake up a lot. Most of us would, you know, we would all wake up maybe five thirty, six in the morning. We'd get ready. We'd get down there, you know, seven, seven thirty, sometimes later, eight o'clock in the morning. And we pretty much, we would walk in back to testing secret area of testing and, you know, Boz and his crew was like, okay, team, here we go. This is what we're working on. Boom, boom, boom. Let's warm up. We're going to get going in about 15, 20 minutes. And I want this person and this person for individuals. And I want this team for a team event. And then we just get after it. 
And then after that, and that's, that was the entire day. Like we probably did five consistent days of testing. And four to guys, five consistent days. You guys kind of just had to be like on call, right? Like yeah. you obviously, I know you, you knew that you had to test some things and you had a schedule in a sense, but like, I feel like part of the demo team and Paul sort of talked about this last night on the show too, was sort of like just being on call. If Boz was like, ah, crap, you guys got to come out here. I got to see what this looks like. Like you just had to, you just had to run. You just had to show up to wherever he needed you with whatever he needed you for. Pretty much. That's exactly how that went. So we always had to travel together as a team. So there was, um, <laughs> it was like, were you like, would you have like, literally, we were in those little, you hang on to like kids who walk in elementary school allison allison she was the uh demo captain and she like she is the best captain in the world i mean she was she was keeping us on point on check this is where we need to be at this time picking you up dropping it like all of it she was the mom she was the mom like true like mother of the she, she was mother duck the entire two weeks um which but no, there was like a you athletes have no idea where you're supposed to be and when. This no, is we like, have no idea. And and people need to know this even about like regular competition, like not even games, but any like regional or sanctional, whatever. Athletes are like, where? When? With what? What time? What time? What time again? When do where? But I'm like, oh, I there's so much going on in their brains all the time. They cannot be yeah. they cannot be constrained with things like timelines and Mm-hmm. That's why after that and after some, you know, previous, you know, I had coached at a teenager at the games last year and I was, I keep thinking like, wow, being a games athlete, when you're just, when your focus is only to compete versus like a million other things mm-hmm. and also making sure that you're doing events, um, that's tough. That was very hard and very exhausting. Yeah. So, I mean, by the time we got back to the hotel, it would always be like, nine o'clock at night, nine 30, maybe even 10 by the time we're having dinner. Um, so they were long, long days. So demo is not just like demoing movements, but we were testing a lot. There was, um, we were on call though, by the, the entire time. And I remember we were out by the VIP lounge watching on that North park field. Um, and we, Allison gets a text like, Hey, um, you need to test, uh, the final event. You guys remember the final event? Yeah. The, the, um, it was row, Jackie, take on Jackie. Yep. It was a, the row, thousand meter row, the 50 thrusters and the bar muscle ups at the end, 30. And it was James and I that tested that event. And I think I was like at that part of the day, like I hadn't eaten anything. I was dehydrated from just like being around, being out and about. Um, and we we're like, Hey, you need to go and you guys are testing it and we get there and they're like, okay, you guys, this is what we're testing. Um, you guys got a couple minutes to warm up and we had been on our feet like all day. And then I'm told fee, you need to row this a thousand, this thousand meters under this time. Uh-huh. So under the three, under the three forty, And if you row it faster then we're going to keep And so like, they're like, you need to prove to us that it's possible (laughs) by the end of a long weekend or like a hard day. Right. Um, so yeah, so that was a wild event. I remember Boz briefing us, the media team on that event and giving Mm -hmm. us that time cap. And we were like, oh no. And he was like, 
Fee did it. And I was like, oh, yeah, let's yeah. go. Awesome. <laughs> because it, you're right. Like, it's not in a vacuum. That time constraint on the row was not the craziest ask of a games yeah. athlete by any means. But well, at the end felt of everything. like a max effort. Exactly. That's yeah. what it was. Yep. Truly. It felt like I'm going to PR my, like the strategy going into it. My strategy when I was testing it, because also being on demo team, you can't, you know, you're kind of, you're just do, you're just testing. You're not reaching out to your coaches. What's the chat? Right, you're right, not right. really talking about strategy because it's truly just, this is testing. Um, and so my strategy for me, I was like, I'm just going to focus on P I'm going to PR my row. I'm going to mm-hmm. PR my Wonka. And then anything after this, I'm going to worry about when I get there. Um, so that was my strategy going into it. And I hope that was most athlete strategy by the end of an incredibly tough weekend. You're just like, I just need to focus on this row. And that's all I need to think about. Yeah, it was, that was to me, probably the smartest piece of programming that Boz did. Like it wasn't shiny and brand new. There wasn't new equipment or a new movement. It wasn't maybe particularly like showy the way that like handstand walks or high level gymnastics are showy, but probably the smartest piece of programming in a sense that it was something, it was a benchmark. It was a classic. Mm -hmm. It was something that we all can do, have done. So it was so relatable and he tweaked it with a time constraint right off the bat, three, two, one, go, so that mm-hmm. no one could pace. And so mm-hmm. it, was, it was like, it was testing a, a stimulus within a workout that we all already knew. And I was just like, that for me was like, dang, that Boz is a genius. That was so cool. Genius. So yeah. cool to watch. You uh, had a hurt. You had a want to hurt at that point. Yes. You had a want to like almost finish the row and not be able to walk a little yes. bit. Like it, it had to be that kind of pain by that point, your body, that's exactly what your body was feeling. When he brought it up, he'd be like, okay, you guys, how would you strategize this event? And the first you know, response is, oh, I pace out the row. Yes, goes, exactly. You mm-hmm. will not be pacing out the row. And that's when all of us were like, oh my God. Like, Mind yeah, totally. Boz is just such an incredible guy. Yeah. That was my first time um, being around him, working with him, working with his team. And they treated us like, I mean, they treated us so well. And we're always, you know, asking how we were doing. Are you guys okay? Like, do you guys need anything? But they took such great care of us. And Boz yeah. is such an incredible man for that yeah, position. I have a question for you, Fee, because uh, I've worked with him in the past. So you're a UCAN mm-hmm. athlete. Yes. Was that saving your life? In uh, oh my god, talk about! I was drinking you can all day. The edge gels saved my life as well. So the edge gels are just about the edge fuel, the saving grace of anything and everything that I do at this point. When because it's so handy, it's on hand. It's like just you know a little gel pack, but it's dense um, carbs, and um, you just kind of slug it. Like if you know anything about you know marathon runners or triathletes, they kind of have this goo on hand and they slug it. Um, Because you couldn't eat any, like you couldn't. I mean, we had a lunch break, but you're not trying to eat too much either. Right. You're not trying to eat a burrito and then go get upside down. Like no. no. And so the best part about UCAN, and this is why I love UCAN so much, it's 
the difference. So it's, they use a starch carbohydrate and starch is obviously a big carbohydrate and they doesn't allow for a quick, you know, your blood glucose to spike and then eventually crash. So it's this consistent steady state of energy, which is perfect when you're doing a lot of things throughout the day. Um, and I use you can all the time. So that was just a stuffed bunch of you can in my bag. And I'm like, there are my meals for the day. Yeah. Just carbs, one big carb. Well, I figured they'd save your life, particularly if you've got to do something at the end of the day like that. And you got to get some energy in you. And, and in that particular workout, you know, you're to your point, you're getting off that rower and you've like expended so much energy. You can't walk now. You still have to be able to perform. So, yeah, no, I like their, um, I like they, I mean, John, do you take, do you take, you can too. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's great. I've been, I've been using it forever. Yeah. Um, Kind of for the Scott turned me on to it, and I use it for the same reasons. You know, it's always mm-hmm. interesting to me though to hear from a, an elite athlete like yourself, as opposed to just some old guy like me. Like I use it to not hit the wall, you know. Right, like, yeah. And so it's interesting how it has the same effect, you know. But like, most people need that. I mean, I think I've talked to a lot of members, and you know, I think no one or not a lot of people think how important it is to fuel before you're workout. A lot of people will go through work, you know, they go through their entire day of work. Oh, I'm going to work out a, say the five o'clock class, but they had lunch at like 12 o'clock, one o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of people, well, I don't want to eat anything before my workout. Cause I don't right. want to be uncomfortable. And I don't like food before, you know, whatever the reason is, or I, you know, they're not about to bring their smoothie in or whatever it is. So that's where, you know, you can, can be a huge part of someone's day is like, this is the energy that you need before your CrossFit class or before you do anything, or, you know, instead of having a 4 PM coffee, which sometimes guilty, but like, it's only because of it, but you can't like, that is the energy. And like, that's really why anyone I think would be grabbing, you know, an evening caffeine C4, like all those, uh, pre-workouts. Um, in a healthy way. So it treats me so different than caffeine though. I mean, I, I understand why people do caffeine and I do that too, because I yeah. love me some coffee. Don't get me Damn. wrong. Love coffee. Um, no, nothing wrong. But I use it in two ways. Like I'll use it the way you're describing, which is like right before a workout and it'll give me that steady energy. The other place I use it, I have really long days at work. And so I'll take one, I'll like eat one of their bars in the morning and it'll get me all the way through to lunch without having that dip. Yeah. You know, you get that like right before you're ready to eat and you feel your blood sugar dropping. Yeah. And I'll do that. And it allows me to like work all the way up until lunch without feeling like I'm, you know, ready to take a nap under my desk, which I'll do anyway, but still. I like the bars for on the go because that's, I feel like the hardest part for me is like, I can plan like a couple, like I can plan breakfast and I can plan lunch and I can bring lunch with me, but like inevitably I'm starving in between everything Mm -hmm. because I'm still breastfeeding and or pumping throughout the day, that's like a lot of energy and calories that just are like gone. Mm -hmm. So like you said, I'll eat lunch at like 12 or one and I work Mm -hmm. out at 530 and there's that chunk of time in the middle where I'm like, I'm so hungry, I'm shaking and I don't want to eat an entire burrito and then go work out. So (laughs) the the bars for on the go, I think are really good. And also the, um, the gel, um, I like to refer to them as the squeezy packets. <laughs> the squeezies. The squeezy pack. I love. I like that better. Actually, I like that. They're. Damn. What's your? We should get them to, your, to do that. What's your favorite flavor? Because there's a couple now. You know, I actually i I like them all. I don't. I don't think I have a preference. Is that weird? I have a favorite only because it brings me back to my pastimes of uh, gogurt, of strawberry banana gogurt. Yes. Um, 
So the strawberry banana is like, and so what I've even started doing and little pro tip is throw them in your fridge. So when you have them, it's like literally cold, refreshing. It tastes like, you know, your pastime of Gogurt days and, but it's so refreshing at the same time. And I'm just like, I threw it in the fridge because it was just a day here in Ohio, hot, humid. I had to do some crazy running workout in the turf area. And I was like, I can't take this heat. So I throw it in the fridge and I was like, I think I found something. And I posted it. I always keep them in the fridge because at room temperature, they taste weird to me. At room temperature, they taste like I left a banana out for too long. (laughs) Well, I I figured that out way too late. I'm weird about that. But um, I agree. I like the squeezy packets and I really, I loved them um, when I first, first had the baby and I was like, just like, I was like a postpartum anxiety mess. I had a really Mm. hard time eating, like just sitting down and having a meal was I was, my brain was not wired for that kind of calm. Um, and Matt was particularly helpful in being like, you need to eat, like you need calories somehow. And I don't, I know you don't want to sit down and eat a meal, but you need to. So that's what I would do is I would just squeeze the little squeezy packets into my system and thank God, because I needed the, needed the calories and I needed the energy back then real bad. I have, um, see, and you as a mom, moms need to hear this too. Like you need to be that much more on top of your nutrition to take care of your family, to take care of your kids, to keep doing your job, your career, but also a million other things. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just as important. So it's definitely, it's easy to talk about, you know, things that we do just as athletes and people think, oh, well, it's because she's an athlete. Oh, it's because they train all day. It's like, no, like people need fuel for life. Like that's what it is about. So it's been great. They're such a great team. Yeah. Well, I love it. And if everybody else wants to get some, you can go to, you can.co it's not.com it's .co. Right. And mm-hmm. buy it all. We have a code. Nikki. Do we have a code? I was going to ask. We oh, do good. We have a 20% off code. K bell 20. Yay. K-Bell 20 save 20%. Listen to fee. She's a smart one. Yeah. Sure. Oh, I would say get the cookies and cream protein. <laughs> <laughs> Big cookies and cream, bam. Nice. Uh, Are they making the electrolytes too? I really liked those. Mm. Yes, the salt. Yeah. Yep, the electrolytes. Yeah, they have a new pineapple flavor. Yeah. Good. yeah. Oh, that's what I'm going to order. It's really good. With last, my KB. Last thing no, that I thought was really cool because I wanted to hear this from you. Uh, at the games, they did the crossover double unders. Oh, yeah. And I'm talking mm. to my coach today because RX sent me a rope. And I'm like, I guess I have to learn these now because I didn't buy the rope and I got to be nice. And he says to me, he's like, you know, I was watching Fee's video to learn how to do this. And he described it. And I'm like, I love that. The fact that you came away from the games from an event that a lot of people like kind of rolled their eyes at. And you've gotten, yes. really, you've gotten really good at it. I've, uh, I appreciate that. I wouldn't say I'm really good, really, really good, but I'm definitely, I dedicated some extra time to playing. And we were, so we had tested also that skills event. And I was um, the only one that I was able to get it at the time. I don't know where all the other athletes are at with that. Um, but I was only, I was able to get it. And so we needed to demo that it was possible. I'm like, this is yep. what you're going to do. Um, and so I came back from the games. I'm like, I'm going to practice these. I'm going to get good at these. And I practiced for the way that I did. And I eventually posted a video on my Instagram account, like, mm-hmm how I learned crossover double under, because it was literally like me in the gym, like step-by-step figuring it out. I would watch a couple videos, but I really didn't watch all that many videos. I think I watched one video just to kind of like see a professional do it and be like, okay, 
my turn and uh, get as close to that. But I found out some neat ways to think about it. And so I posted it on my Instagram. Hopefully it helps some people. Actually, I had some people reach out to me saying that they got their crossover double unders because of it. So that was really exciting. I I need to try it out. I've been a little afraid. I will say, um, love the team RX Markier. If you're, if anyone is looking for a jump rope, especially with all these new skills coming out, RX Markier, they are, they're the only ropes that I use. Really? Literally. So, they, but don't try, don't be trying to use your Evo speed rope on crossover <laughs> double unders. That's the thing that people need to know. It's not about a speed rope. Oh, Got trust it. me. I, I have one of those and uh, I have all the ropes. They just keep sending them to me. And as soon as I saw that, I, the first thing I thought was, I'm not using a speed rope for that. That will hurt like hell. Like, oh, there's mm-hmm. just no way. You need a slower, longer rope. Like, yep. mm, no, thank you. And it's mm. not even the wire, it's not even the wire, the speed, like the, the speed rope of the how thin the wire is that hurts. It's just the inability. You can't feel it. Like the speed rope, the Evo speed ropes, they turn over so fast that when you're doing so many different transitions, like you physically need yeah. to be able to like feel the position of the rope. And if you can't feel it, you're just flinging around wire all over the place. Mm. <laughs> Not yeah, I whip myself enough. everywhere. I don't, I don't yep. need another one. <laughs> mm-hmm. So no doubt. Lots I just, of bruises though. Either way, no uh, matter what. <laughs> I, I just love the fact, Fee, that you know you're an elite athlete, and there's so many things you do so well. And the fact that you were like, "All right, I can't do this. I'm going to learn it." Because there's so yeah. many, and I think it's just a, such a good yeah. testimony to the sport and CrossFit. Because there's so many of us that you know it's easy to go into the gym and go, "I don't like rope climbs, so I'm not going to do them." Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so I think it's just a good testimony for people to go, "You know what? Try new things. Learn new things." Yes. You'll probably that find out you like it, <laughs> you know? That was the theme. And keep playing and keep it. And I think we we all kind of fall victim to kind of monotony and consistency and, you know, just doing the same things that are tested or the same things that you see on the main site or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and we forget that when we used to be kids, like how, like all the crazy things. Have you ever seen a kid like do anything? And you're like, how did you even like figure that out? Yeah. But, like, you're doing it and you're, you know, messing around. And, um, and I think people need to, it was a good wake up call for everyone to just keep playing and having fun with their fitness and being human and humans are meant to move in different ways. And we need to keep doing that. I love that. Oh, you, you taught my youngest daughter to do double unders literally in like 20 minutes. It took, it took Ah! me like, swear to God, it, it, when I started CrossFit, it took me like six to seven months, maybe eight months and and doing it every day, <laughs> every day, 20 like, a day, every day. I have oh Megan starts God. a mentality with me and she's with fee for like 20 minutes. She's like, Hey daddy, look at this. And she's like, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. I'm like, I hate you. I just, I can't, uh, can't wrap my mind around how kids can just do those things. You know, but it's, it's because she's coachable though. I'm not even going to say that it's like all kids. It's like, People just need to be coachable. And being coachable is not a talent. Unlike you, John, and she's coachable. No, That's not. what I heard. I don't know. <laughs> not what I mean. Well. But um, no, I'm I like every time I get someone that's like, I've never gotten a double under before. I'm like, okay, you're mine. You're mm-hmm. mine. I'm gonna get it for you. Like we're gonna get this until we're blue in the face. Um, that's awesome. Does she still work out with you, John? Does she come? 
It's no, a dream session. No, no, she no, she's a college now. I, you know, I. Well, when she's at home, though. Yeah, no, she doesn't. No, she no. doesn't want anything to do with working out. She, uh, I tried to talk her into joining. She's like, dad can't do. No. I'm yeah. No, I tried to talk her into joining the functional fitness group at uh, University of Cincinnati, and she just, mm. you know, she's got other things she wants to do, and you know, I think she likes it. Like she, she likes the idea of it, but she's a busy mm. kid, and she. It's one, like she sees the investment and in time that I put into it. And I think that's part of what keeps her from doing it, if I'm being honest, because she has a mm-hmm. lot of other extracurricular yeah. activities. And it's like, do you want to you know, take another five to seven hours a week to go do this thing that's kind of expensive as a college yeah. kid? And uh, but, you know, she's also a hard worker. So I suspect she'll come back to it at some point. Yeah. You know, yeah. just because it's the right time for her. You know, I I first started I, my first CrossFit class ever. I was in college and I went with a friend mm. and I don't consider that when I started CrossFit because I straight up was like, this is not conducive to my lifestyle right now. I was in mm-hmm. classes and I was, I was leading a dance program at the school and I had rehearsals mm. all the time. And I was like, I can't do this like type of commitment, this like working out in classes, whatever, whatever. Like I need to go to the basement college gym and hit that elliptical on campus like you know what I mean like when I can and that's literally it so I get that it's not the right time of life for everyone to commit to Mm -hmm. you know solid class times every single day or or three to four Mm -hmm. days a week wherever you're at I get it that was that's that's kind of it's funny it's like I actually started in college too and I think it was the first thing you think of in college you're just like Cause you're so focused. I mean, you're in school, you're on campus, you're, you know, you don't have a lot of money. <laughs> like yeah. I actually, the reason that I also, well, I ended up going to mentality. I ended up getting a job at Pizzazz. It's like an Italian pizza shop. So good. And I worked good. literally just hostess packing to go orders, things like that. And my paycheck every month went to my membership. I was like, if this is the only thing, as long as I could be. But then at the same time, I wasn't involved in like other clubs um, as intensely. But I made I made the trip and my parents were definitely not happy. They're like, why do you have to spend all that money on fitness? Like, that's not yeah. going to get you anywhere. You're going to, you know, whatever. Well, you showed them. It worked out. I think it worked <laughs> out. Uh, not only not my dad still kind of says that though it's okay yeah. <laughs> he'll come around someday don't worry about it one day look at it, it got you a whole new family of of fitnessers it got you yeah. a, a future husband you guys yeah. crossed together you know stuff. like so many good all things. the things that were unplanned in everything like i could never i mean when i first started crossfit never once did it cross my mind to like compete at this level and to be uh, this type of athlete. And it's kind of cool when you just don't plan things and you just kind of do what you love because you love it so much and you bring people along with you. It brings some really awesome opportunities. Your way. And then we went to Italy and then you were on the demo team. Look at all this. And then we were here and then we're on kettlebells and cocktails. Yes. (laughs) I want you to call your dad and I go, dad, you said this would never get me anywhere. I was on kettlebells and cocktails tonight. So there. Look mm-hmm. at us now. <laughs> He's like, that's what your diplomas got you for sure. Really? <laughs> See, what did you study in school? I studied exercise science and I got my master's in business. So oh, cool. I have Very those cool. degrees and we're doing CrossFit. 
Well, but, but <laughs> like you said, like your professional life after CrossFit is something that you have put a little bit of thought toward, which is already putting you miles yeah. ahead of some of your peers. And that's really important. Yes. Yeah. I feel like my timeline has always changed though. I think after, you know, I was in college, I was interested in going, you know, chiropractic route, physical therapy route. It was always something in, you know, healthcare in some way when it came to movement and rehabilitative um, disciplines, helping people, coaching people in fitness, whatever that looked like. And then eventually I got my master's in business thinking that I also thinking first, thinking that I was going to need it to be competitive when it came to applying to future programs. But also I was very interested in the business side of things and pursuing that and being, and so anyways, so then after that, I was like pursuing school, more school. And then this happened 2019, started to qualify for more competitions and it was my rookie year and just a lot of things happened where I wasn't planning on them to happen. And then I had a, to make a choice on what do I yeah. want to dedicate my time to. And I, I figured that this chapter is a very short lived one and school will always be there being a mom, being a professional, being, you know, someone with an, uh, an outside career outside of sport will happen. Um, but sport is so short lived. And that's when I decided, you know what, I'm going to go all in on this because I yeah. can. Love so it. I have the best support system. Good. Love it. Well, we're super excited for you, Fee. Yeah. Thank you guys. I'm so excited. You got to catch up. Give me like six months, a couple months and then we'll catch up. Heck yeah. No, <laughs> okay. sure. come back on or better yet. We'll come visit you and we'll do it live in Florida. I would love mm-hmm. to get out of here in the winter and come see I'm you. Let's do it. I would love you guys there. For maybe, real. maybe I come by uh, that brute strength camp happening November 4th and say, <laughs> just a little plug. Ooh, mm. <laughs> unfit people just yeah. wondering. Yes, it's actually open to everyone. That's the yeah, cool part about it. You say that, but <laughs> I don't know. From a distance. From a distance. Maybe yeah. next time. Okay. Next time. I, can I come in via Zoom? That would be <laughs> how I would attend. <laughs> no you doubt. guys are awesome. All right. Well, Fee, thanks for joining. We will thank absolutely you guys. catch up again soon. Nikki, thank you again. Good to see you. Words, likewise. As always. And for everyone listening, thanks for joining. We'll be back tomorrow night. It's like every night now, it feels like. We have uh, Tim Paulson tomorrow night. So we'll have all the ginger talk, I'm sure. I'm absolutely positive. So uh, thanks for joining, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow night.